0: Welcome to the Life After Plus One podcast, where we turn life's lemons into delightful lemonade. Get ready for inspiring stories, uplifting conversations, and all the tips and tricks to rock your single parent journey with style. I'm your host, Leanne, and it's time to embrace the adventure of Life After Plus One. So let's dive in. Hello hello welcome back to Life After Plus One. I'm your host Leanne and today we're going to dive into practical strategies for navigating life on a single income. We're going to look at ways that you can manage your finances effectively, stretch your budget and reduce your expenses. So let's talk about some tips of what you can do when you're living off one income. Now, living off one income, it's not easy. It really isn't. And that's probably been for me the hardest thing to manage as a single parent. Everything else I'm okay with. I am quite fine and quite happy to sort out everything. But it has been one of the hardest things to tackle. Because as much as people don't like to admit it, if you're in a good space financially, you're usually in quite a good headspace and your financial situation does 100% affect your mood. And as much as we don't like to admit that, it really does. Because if you put yourself in a situation where you're comfortable, you've got money there and you know you're going to get all your bills paid and you've got no issues, you're usually okay. Mind you, you might have some little nitpicking things that you might have in your life, but the biggest thing in people's lives that causes tension and drama, usually between family members and sometimes friends, is money. So when your money situation is not good, your headspace is usually not good. And I find in my life as a single mom, when I'm stressed about money, I'm not in a good headspace. I am stressed, I'm moody, I'm constantly on edge thinking, okay, what do I need to do to improve my situation? What can I change? It's never a nice situation to be in when you've constantly got to stress about money and do you have have enough to pay your bills it's not fun so Let's talk about some tips that can maybe help you so you don't have to end up in those situations. These tips are not designed to make you millionaires, but who knows, maybe it will one day. But they are designed to help you reconsider some of the things that you're doing with your money, to help you go in more of a positive direction with your finances. One of the biggest things I've really had to cut back on, and it is a big thing probably with a lot of people, and that's impulse buying. You know, it's quite easy to go to the shop and go, oh my God, I like that. I need that. Do you need it or do you just want it? You know, we sometimes go to the shops and we might be on a tight budget, but we still might buy the more expensive shampoo and conditioner when there's probably a mid range shampoo and conditioner which is just as good for half the price. Do we need to spend $40 on a shampoo and conditioner or can we spend maybe? $10, $15, $10, $15, and that really applies with anything that we buy at the shop. I know I have a tendency of going to the shops and I will buy something that's probably a little bit more expensive than probably what I should be buying that's in my budget. I could probably get something that's a little bit cheaper and just as good, but we tend to have our little brands that we stick to that we like. We may like it, but does our budget like it? So we've gotta be smart with what we're looking at and what we're buying. Yes, we may like that and we yes, we may think we're worthy of getting the best products, but we've also gotta be smart. Can we just cut back for a little bit and and buy something that's a little bit cheaper until we get back on track. And that's a big thing as well, shopping at sales. And that's one thing I don't really do. I There are a lot of people that do that. But for me, a sale doesn't encourage me to shop unless it is something that I know that I really want or it's something that I've had my eye on. And sometimes I do do that. If I see a dress that I really like or a handbag or something that I really like and all of a sudden it's on sale, I'm I'm more inclined to buy it because I've had my eye on it for a while. But I'm not someone that would just go purchasing just because they're on sale because to me, it's not really saving the money if you don't really need it because you're still out of pocket. Did you need that or you're buying it just to wear somewhere to look good in front of other people? So maybe think about your impulse buying are you buying it for the right reason is it helping you out in any way is it helping your kids out anyway or is it just going to put you further behind so cut back on buying these unnecessary items and focus on what you do need now, when I say cut back on unnecessary items, I don't mean cut everything out completely out of your life that you enjoy because you're going to have no enjoyment left in your life, are you? You want to still have something in your life that's going to make you happy, even if it's maybe a one bottle of wine a week or something that you like to buy or you like to get your nails done or you like to just go out and have a beer once a week with your mates. Don't deprive yourself completely, but don't spend to a point where you're now leaving yourself behind and you've got to struggle or scrounge through the house just to be able to afford yourself a cup of coffee. Because that's not fun. Who wants to do that? And on the topic of coffee, that's actually something that I've cut back on. And I love my coffee. I really do. And there were times I would buy up to two coffees a day. When you say two coffees a day, some people might think, oh, that's not much. I drink three or four. That's fine. But if you're going out to a coffee shop and you're spending that much and you're buying Buying a coffee, that's a different story. If you're having a three or four cups of coffee at work or at home, you're not spending that money each time. It's a lot cheaper to do it at home than it is to go out and buy it. And every time I was having my coffee, I was going out buying it. So I was spending nearly up to $10 a day on coffee. So roughly on a good week, I'd probably be spending around $50 because that's saying maybe some days I don't have two coffees and then some weeks I don't have it on weekends. I might just have it at home on weekends. So when you think about it, in the big picture, that's a lot of money. That's roughly around $200 a month, give or take. Could be a bit less, it could be a bit more on coffee. So, I've made a conscious effort to really cut back. I feel bad because I love my coffee girls where I go and I love my coffee shop, but I've decided that's a non-necessary expense on my end. That's putting me behind. When you think about it, $5 a day is not much, but it is when you're having two a day and it is when you're going Every single day. So I was just looking at it at the one off expense, just $5, that's not much. But when you look at it all up, it is a lot. And as a single mom, when you're living off one income, that is a lot. That's a lot of money that I'm throwing away to someone else that could be in my pocket. So that's just one expense that I've really cut back on. I haven't cut it out completely. I still have my coffee, but I'm not going out every day and having a bought coffee. I'm having it at home. And I'm not going out having two cups of coffee a day. I've realized also since I've cut back, I probably don't need it. there's been days that I've gone without my coffee, and I know at the start, this is how bad it was when I didn't have a coffee the first couple of days. I was getting a migraine and I couldn't realize why. And then, as soon as I had my coffee, it went away. It was like I was getting my coffee withdrawal. like, Holy shit, that's how dependent we get on our coffee. So, it was probably good in multiple ways. It was probably good for me, and it was good for my pocket. So, that's just one little thing you can think of. Those little expenses that you think in the moment don't cost much, but when you're doing it on a daily basis that's a huge chunk of money that's out of your pocket when you're on one income. So those little things make a huge difference. So just being mindful of impulsive buying and just buying off a whim because you feel like in the moment you need it. But really when you look back, you don't, it's just maybe something that might make you feel good or you you know, you know, might be having a shit day and sometimes we, we do buy things to make us feel a bit better but in the moment, it might make us feel good. We might think, oh wow, I love this new outfit or I love my new hairstyle or. but a week or two down the track when your bills start coming in, it's like, holy shit, I don't feel good because I don't know how I'm gonna pay these. So being mindful of unnecessary purchases is a huge thing when you're focusing on cutting back costs and you're living off one income. You know, because it's so easy to do, especially when you've had a really shit day. And the last thing you want to do is come home when you've got no one to help you and cook a meal and clean up and do all that shit on your own. Who wants to do that? Not me. And so I know I'm guilty of just doing nights out at a restaurant or you know getting takeaway because you just can't be fucked cooking you don't want to do that when you're doing everything on your own so that's another thing that can really start weighing you down financially so just being mindful of these unnecessary expenses and the way to do that is sit down and work out a budget now me here yes I'm guilty of not budgeting but it is something that I am being very mindful of lately I am sitting down working what my income is what I've got coming in and what I need that to spend that's going out so my outgoing is not far exceeding my incoming because we don't want that to happen because if that's happening you're just going to get further and further in the red we don't want that so I'm now making a conscious effort to work out okay what have I got coming in what do I need to pay what do I have left? What can I save and what can I spend on myself? That's the biggest thing when you've got one income. And yes, it's going to be hard. You do need to cut back on things that you probably did when you had the double income when you were in a relationship. But unfortunately, that's how it is. You've just got to try and make do with what we've got. And i never realized how important it was to have a budget till I've actually started having a budget because I was always one of those ones that's okay I'll just make more money that's okay I'm tired I'm gonna just go get takeaway or I deserve that dress I've been working hard this week in the moment that mind frame might be all good and well but like I said when those bills start coming in And you start looking at your bank account, it's like, okay, I had money to buy that and I had money to buy that, but shit, I don't have money to pay for that or that or that. So setting out a budget is a huge thing and you don't have to do it like perfectly to the cent. you can roughly estimate just so you know a rough idea of what you've got coming in and what you've got going out and what you've got left over. That is a big tip. Now, another thing that I've really learned to do as a single parent is to shop smart. And when I say shop smart, I mean, just be aware of where your money is going and what you're spending on. Because it's so easy to go to the supermarket and just grab whatever you need, grab whatever you like, and just put it in your trolley or your basket and go, yep, I need that. Yep, I need that. And you get to the counter and you're like, holy shit, $220. I thought this was only going to cost me $80. It's very easy to get carried away, especially in today's time, because prices are just going through the roof. you Pick up a small little basket of groceries and it's just like more than $100. Shop smart. Look at the prices. Go for the things that are on sale. Now, I'm not going to sit here and try to promote one supermarket or one shop over another. But let's be realistic here. If you go to Audi, you're going to pick up your groceries for a lot cheaper than what it would be if you went to the big names like Coles or Woolworths. It just is. Like I remember I went to Aldi recently and I picked up a few things. I'm like, holy shit, if I went to one of the other supermarkets, that would have easily cost me so much more. So it does make a difference when you're really conscious of what you're spending and how much it adds up to. So just be mindful of these things. And another thing that I used to do, and it's a very, very bad habit, especially when you are trying to be careful of your expenses and what you're spending. And that's, I was just a daily shopper. I never did a huge grocery shop. Whenever I needed anything, I would just go to the supermarket. And that is such a bad habit because you'd go to the supermarket and you'd be like, oh yeah, I need this. Oh, I might just pick up that too. Oh yeah, I might just get a bottle of wine and a block of chocolate while I'm here. You just pick up a whole lot of unnecessary shit. And if you're doing that on a daily basis, the amount of unnecessary shit you grab would far exceed the cost of what I'd be spending on a coffee each day, which is also unnecessary money. So the amount of money that I was probably just throwing away is just insane so i'm now making an effort to do a big shop and another way to really look at what you're spending when you are doing your grocery shopping is do it online shop online now i know some people aren't a big fan of this for me i'm a bit cautious especially if you're getting fruit and veg but you can avoid doing that get that from your local fruit and veg shop or go into the shop and get that separately if you want but it shows you a tally it shows you what you're spending if you don't want to pay delivery get click and collect take your bags with you and you don't have to pay for bags there's so many different options so if you're doing it online it tells you what you're spending so you know that you can keep within a set budget because if you're going in the supermarket you don't know until you get to the checkout how much you're spending unless you're walking around with the calculator on your phone adding everything up and i'm pretty sure nobody wants to be doing that so if you're on a tight budget, I highly recommend looking at an option of doing it online or just being careful with what you're buying. Don't just chuck stuff into your trolley or into your basket just because you want it. Get it because you do need it. Get things that you need for dinner, for school lunches, for snacks at home, whatever it is. Get the stuff that you need and if you think you've got money extra or your budget's looking good, then get the extra stuff. But just be cautious of the extra stuff that you're adding in. And as I just touched on a minute ago, when I'm in Coles and also in Woolworths, one of the biggest things I do, and it may sound stingy, but yes, I do look for those yellow tags that are on the front. Because sometimes quite often you walk in and things are like 50% off. Sometimes you see things that it's like 30 cents off. It's like what's the point in that? Is it even worth printing a ticket for that? But some things you do get really good discounts. And I always take note of that. I'm not someone that sits down and looks at the brochure and looks at what's on sale. I mean, if you've got time to do that, then go for it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But I tend just to know what I need. Like I don't shop based on sales. I shop based on what I need. And then I'll look at that item if it's on sale in another brand or You know, that particular item does come in multiple brands, but I look at the brand that's on sale, if that makes sense. Now, whilst we're on the topic of shopping, another great tip is use your store card. Now, a lot of people just can't be bothered with these. They think it's a waste of time. I scan my flybys at every shop and I reached up to $220 in credit just from scanning my Flybys card. And they have certain promotions. If you spend over a certain amount in a certain amount of time, you get extra bonus points and different items have bonus points. I'm not one that goes and looks at that. If I get the bonus points, great, but I think it's a great tip. Like that's $220 in my pocket just from scanning my Flybys card. Now it's not the cash I get. I don't get the cash, but that's redeemable in store credit. So, I can redeem that as flyby's credit where I can use that towards $220 in any of the stores that are in that chain. Or you can even, you know, redeem it for um, products. I've never really looked at that item because I think um, you've actually got to have a lot of points to do that. I don't know. I've never really looked at that. And if you get a huge amount of points, I think you can even redeem them for holidays. Again, I've never got that much. I thought $220 in credit was great. But that's a huge tip. Like you're not doing it. You're not out of pocket. It's just really the store's way of guaranteeing that you're going to go back and shop there. So if you're shopping at Coles or Woolworths or anywhere that has a point system card, grab it. You know, quite often you go to shops and they ask you, are, are you a... um." Are you a Yule member or whatever it is or have you got a card? And if I say no, then they will usually say, do you want to join up? Because I always ask them, if they ask you if you want to join up. I say, what do you get in return? What's What do you get from signing up? And sometimes they'll say, I will just email you our sales. I'm like, oh no, I'm okay. I'm good, thanks. Don't need to be emailed sales. Because if anything, that's just encouragement to spend more money that we're trying to avoid here. But if it's for a shop where you can redeem points, Hundred percent, grab it. You know, I think I've even got it at some of the chemists like Amcal and Priceline. You know, Cotton On has it, but I don't think they have. I can't even remember how they do it because I haven't shopped there in a while. oh there are so many shops out there that do it, and again, you don't have to pay anything to sign up. So if you're a regular shopper at a certain store and they've got a loyalty program, grab it. And even like with other stores, like there's so many of them that send you a gift voucher for your birthday. They send you a voucher for the anniversary period of you being a member. Again, sometimes these are little sneaky ways to get you to spend. But if you're looking at already purchasing something from that shop and it's something that you wanted, then it could work in your favor. So keep in mind all these loyalty programs, they could work out to benefit you. Now, another thing which we kind of so easily lose track of because it's such a small fee at the time. And that is our monthly subscriptions. Now, I've just recently gone back in and looked at some of mine, and um, I don't have too many. I've got some of the basic ones, you know, your Netflix, your Disney. Um, I've got a couple of other streaming services. But I have cut back on a few because I didn't really watch them that much. But, you know, again, when you're looking at all the services and the subscriptions that you have, and you add them all up, it does add up to a decent chunk and on a monthly basis. That's a good money that's coming out of your pocket. So having a look back at all your subscriptions and do you need them all or are they something that you've got just to kind of for the sake of it? You know, because if you're just watching one or two programs on a streaming service, is it worth having, is it worth that monthly fee for? it's up to you. I mean, I know some people like it. I do like some of them, but like I said, I have recently cut back on some of them because I just wasn't getting the benefit from them. I thought, you know what? I'd rather that money in my pocket than theirs. And it doesn't just go with streaming services. There's also apps that we pay for. Um there's little fees that just come out and you don't notice it because it's little, you know, maybe $5 here and there or sometimes it's a $15 one or sometimes I don't know, it's a bit less, but at the end of the day, it all adds up. So sit back and look at all your subscriptions that are coming out and have a look. Do you need to be paying all of these? Do you really need them? Can you cut back on any of these? That's going to help put extra money into your pocket. Now, another idea if you're really looking to cut back on costs is to do things DIY. Now, I'm not much of a DIY person myself, but if you can do things yourself, Instead of outsourcing them, then again, that's money in your pocket. So if it's things like um, repairs around the house, is it something you can do or do you need to pay someone to do it? Is it things like your lawns? Are you outsourcing that? Can you do it yourself? Do you have a house cleaner? Do you have someone that you are paying to do a service that you could quite easily do yourself? Now, there's a bit of a fine line with this one because I'm all for outsourcing because Let's be honest, like I've said this time and time again, as single parents, we do enough. We do not stop. So sometimes it is good to outsource and get someone else to do it so we can have a break because we need time to stop. But if you're that tight on money, then cutting back on those costs for a little while while you get back on track is probably a good place to start because I'm sure there's so many things that all of us would love to outsource. And I would love to have people do so many more things for me around the house that I do myself. But I've got to be realistic with my money and my budget. So be realistic with what you're getting someone else to do. Can you do it yourself? Alternatively, is paying someone else to do something for you giving you the opportunity to work more where you can earn more money? So maybe you can justify paying someone to do your lawns, which might take maybe two hours or however long it takes. And instead, of you wasting two hours of your day doing it, you can spend that time working or doing other stuff that can help bring money in. So sometimes it does work out to be more beneficial to outsource something. But if it's just outsourcing it so you can sit around and do nothing, then you've got a way up. Is that worth it for you? Are you happy to pay them and give them money out of your pocket where that's not going towards you or your kids? That's something you need to weigh up. Meal planning is another great option. Plan ahead what you're doing for the week and you get some really super organized people that you see on Instagram and all these places that prep everything and they put it in containers and they put it in freezers and they do all their little reels of how they do it and looks amazing. Not me, not something I do but If you can plan your meals ahead, it gives you an idea of what you're spending, what you need, even when you do your groceries. When I do my groceries, I don't normally sit down and go, okay, I'm going to cook this on Monday, I'm going to cook this on Tuesday. No, no, no. I've got a rough idea of things, the main meals that I like to cook with and the main ingredients that I need in the house. I make sure I always have them. Sometimes I might think of something different that I need and I will pop up to the shops and get that. But it can also help you when you're working out on a budget to plan your meals ahead. And there are so many different websites out there where you can plan meals on a budget with all these different budget recipes and ways to cook when you're on a budget and there are so many great resources out there for cooking on a budget so make use of them do a quick google search get some recipes get some ideas and you can plan your shopping list around your menu and your budget another thing is transport can you cut back on spending transport costs probably not that's a hard one this one you probably can't just say nope sorry i can't drive to work we've all got to get to work don't we but is there a way you can carpool is that an option can you travel with someone can someone take your kids can you can you carpool kids maybe rotate it one week you take someone's kids and next week they take your kids Like you have a swap system. Is that one way of saving petrol money with after school activities? Can you carpool that way and have a bit of a swap system then? So that's saving you going back and forth and doing all the traveling. You can't really cut back on doing the traveling that you are doing, but you can maybe look at ways of doing it cheaper if you can maybe share the travel with someone. And also be mindful of unnecessary travel. Quite easy. Come the weekend, you're like, let's get out of the house. Let's go do something. If you jump in the car and you just drive and you've just wasted a whole tank of petrol. can be quite easy to do that these days. And especially with the price of petrol, do you want to be doing that? Or would you prefer to stay somewhere local? So be mindful of the distance and the travel that you're going. And if you can share the traveling with someone, do it. Take someone up on the opportunity. Approach someone. Approach another school mom or someone else that you know where the kids might go to school together or do their sport activities together so see if you can work out a carpool program also if you do have someone that works near you can you travel together can you come home together see if that's something that may work for you because like I said petrol is stupid expensive lately so if you can save on it why not do what you can Now also are you being mindful of what your utility bills are adding up to because the electricity bills lately are just fucking going through the roof. Is there a way that you can cut costs so your your bills are not coming back at such an insane price there's only so much you can cut it back because the bills have just gone up the prices have just gone up so we've got to be realistic here but is there something you can do in your house to eliminate being charged for certain things can you turn the power off can you not use your clothes dryer if it's a nice hot sunny day can you avoid using aircon so much i mean these the heat that we've had lately you probably need it so it's a hard thing to go without but certain things like this do make your electricity bill go through the roof. Are there ways that you can look at and things that you can do that can maybe help bring that cost down? Or is it even worth shopping around at other providers that can maybe offer a better price? Because it is worthwhile doing that. I've kind of usually just stuck with the same one. I did go with a different one for a while and I just I found that to be more expensive and went back to the original one again. So it can be worthwhile just to make a few phone calls or even just do a quick little Google search and have a look at prices of providers and see if there is a cheaper option out there for you. Same with all our bills. Now with our phone bills, we probably can't really get that cheaper because most of the time we're on a phone plan and it doesn't change. You're stuck to that plan whether it includes your monthly call plan plus your handset fee, that's what it is. You don't go up and down unless you're going over your plan rate. So that's something that you can't really change unless again, you wanna shop around and try find a cheaper provider. But I do also suggest and highly recommend when it comes close to the time of the end of your plan to look at that option, making sure that they take out the handset fee at the end of your plan and also making sure that is there another cheaper option you can go on because usually you're on that plan when you first buy a phone because you've got the handset fee in there. Can you then, once that plan is up, go find something a lot cheaper because there are much cheaper phone plans out there that don't have handsets included. You'll be saving probably half the price. So that's another thing to keep in mind. And don't keep jumping to new handset to new handset. Do we need that these days? Is it just to keep up with the Joneses or do we actually need it because our phone's broken? Now, just keep in mind, do you need to keep upgrading and upgrading or can you... Keep what you've got so you're not paying that extra monthly handset fee, which is probably sometimes around $50, $60, maybe more, maybe less a month, which again could be money in your pocket. So just think of all the money that's going out and do you need to be doing that? And again, with all your car expenses, with insurances, with everything else, are you with the most valuable Provider, or can you look at doing a cheaper option? So, shop around. You don't just have to stick with someone because you've been with them for so long and they've just been who you know. Are they the most reliable? Are they value for money? So, keep those things in mind when you're looking for a provider to pay a monthly or annual fee with. Now, like I said, these tips aren't going to give you ideas to become a millionaire because that's not what this episode was about. This episode was giving you some tips and ideas of what you can do when you're really needing to cut back. And I will say this again, the biggest thing that I did that's really helped me is to put a budget in place instead of just mindlessly spending on shit because you think you need it and then you're just blowing money left, right and center. Have a plan in place so you know where it's going. But if you do get stuck in a situation where you really are up shit crate, there are a lot of services out there that do help you. Now, People don't want to see you suffer, they don't want to see you homeless, they don't want to see you starve, they don't want to see your electricity get turned off. There are services available to help you with so many different things. Like for example, if you're struggling to get your bills paid, call your provider and claim financial hardship. If you have a loan or a credit card or something else that has interest fees at it, if you call them up it claim for financial hardship, they will cut the interest off. Well, I'm pretty sure all of them do. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But I know a lot of them do Will stop charging you interest in that period whilst you've claimed hardship. So they can help you get back on your feet. You know, most of the phone providers do it, the banks your utility providers they're all pretty good like that you've just got to make a phone call and say listen I'm really struggling what can you do there's also providers not providers there's also services around that can help supplement your electricity bill now I'm pretty sure it's only a one-off payment but there is a service out there I might even try and search and link it in the show notes for you but there is a service out there that if you're struggling to pay your electricity bill they will help either pay it all for you or they'll pay a portion of it for you depending on what your circumstances are and your income and so I can't give you the whole details on that but there are people out there that can help you with things like that so that's something to keep in mind if you are extremely tight especially now coming into Christmas time, it is quite easy to get in a situation where you do fall behind because you want to be buying gifts and presents and everything like that. But can you justify doing that when you're already on such a tight budget? Also, another um, option that's around, you know, you've got all your neighborhood centers. They are amazing at helping out when you're really stuck. Now, you've got to actually do a phone call assessment. They will ask you a few questions about your situation, find out where you're at financially, and they will then assess how much they can give you some places will give you a voucher which you can use in a supermarket you can go shopping and you can purchase what you need some places do offer petrol vouchers so there are services around there that do help like that there are also other places that do offer vouchers where you can go into their little supermarket like they have private like an oasis center where they have supermarkets where you can go in and choose the food yourself which is really cheap and they will give you a voucher for that so you're not using your money they will provide you a voucher and you can spend as much as you want up to the value of that voucher and those things like that are extremely life-saving in situations where you're really really tight. Now there are probably so many other options around, I don't really want to get into the discussion of housing because that's probably one of the biggest expenses, who wants to shop around for somewhere cheaper to live because especially as a single parent that's probably next to impossible and if you start shopping around for a new place to live you know that's not going to happen overnight. That is a lengthy process in itself so looking for a cheaper place to live is not always your best option especially in this market unless you're moving somewhere far away like that's inland or in the country or somewhere that doesn't have a huge demand on housing so that's probably not the way to go but if you want to look at the option of house sharing. Get someone to share with you. If you've got a friend that's got a kid that's maybe you've got one or two spare bedrooms in your house that you could have them move in with you and save some money for maybe six or twelve months and it can help both of you out. That could be an option. So like I said I don't want to touch on housing but if you were that desperate or if you really, I will not say desperate, but if you were really needing to get ahead and you were really falling behind then maybe getting a housemate could be an option. But as a single parent, especially as a female, with kids, I would be very cautious when doing this. I would probably only tend to do this if it was someone that I knew or someone who I was like a friend of a friend, like someone who I knew knew them sort of thing. Like I wouldn't just pick out any random stranger. Because it's something that I did consider a while back, like a few years back, I did consider it as a way just to kind of help me save a bit more money. But then I thought about it, I thought, no, I don't want to do that. I don't really want to share my house with a stranger with just me, and my daughter, and made to feel uncomfortable in my own home. But if you've got a house that's big enough that's maybe got two separate lounge rooms and it's got separate areas that you can do that, then why not jump at the opportunity because it can really help you out financially you could possibly save a hundred if not more dollars a week so that could be another thing to look at doing so there there are a few tips and like I said I'm not here to make you a millionaire with this episode I'm here to hopefully give you some ideas that can help you get by in those tough times so just really look at what you've got coming in and what you've got going out another quick tip it's very easy to keep hold of things that we no longer need I've made it a habit. But if I've got something that my daughter's outgrown or she no longer uses or I no longer use, I either one, donate it or two, if it's something that's of a good value, I'll stick it on Marketplace. So if you've got things in your house that are no longer needed, put it on Marketplace, sell it. Even if it's only $10, that's still money in your pocket as opposed to having that item sitting in your house just accumulating dust. So go through your house, if you've got things there that you no longer need and is just sitting around collecting dust, put it on Marketplace or do a garage sale. Garage is a lot of work though, isn't it? So you know, maybe just every now and then pull a few items out Okay, yep, don't need it, marketplace. You know, school uniforms that your kids are grown out of. Have you got a page for your kids where they go to school that you can sell their uniforms on? Get rid of old stuff that you don't need and get some money for it. Now, also with me, I've always been passionate about being a business owner. I love being a business owner. I love working to my schedule and I love creating my own income. So that is something I've always been passionate about and I've always been a worker and I've always had that mind frame of what more can I do? What can I do next? And that in itself is partly where the idea of this podcast came from. I'm always looking at wanting to do something and wanting to help people and especially with my situation, it's something that I had always had in mind to help educate and support parents that are going through that really tough time, that feel like they don't have any support because I felt like that when I was going through my breakup. But I've gone off topic a bit, but what I was getting at is there a business idea that you can do at home like a little side hustle or a little hobby that you can do that can maybe help bring in some money on the side? Like for example, do you like making cakes? Is that something you can start doing and start advertising on Facebook and maybe try and get a sale of one or two cakes a week? Are you good at mechanics but you have a full-time job? Can you maybe offer that service on weekends or in evenings? Can you offer car washing services? Can you offer house cleaning services on a weekend or at night? works around your current job or in your days off? Is there something you can do that you enjoy doing? So it's not about doing something just for the money. If it's something you enjoy doing, I guarantee you'll probably want to do it more and it may even end up into a full-time business. So think about something that you're passionate about. And the services that people are always asking for. You're always seeing people ask for things like cakes. You're always seeing people ask for things like clothing alterations. Can you sew? Can you offer alterations as a side hustle? You're always looking for someone to do the lawns. Do you want to mow lawns on the weekend or have an evening to get extra money? Think about those services that are commonly in demand that you enjoy doing and is that something you can do on the side outside of your normal work hours that can help bring some extra money in and like I said, who knows, it may even end up being a full-time job or full-time business because you love it so much. So that in itself, I'm going to make another podcast on that later down the track on Starting a business as a single parent because that's something I've done, and I'm now into my second business. So, love it. I'm passionate about it, and I do want to talk more about that. So, to wrap it up, I hope you guys got something out of this. There are some really good tips here, and I have mentioned this a couple of times already, but I can't emphasize enough the importance of just creating a budget. Look at what you have coming in, look at your expenses, your bills, your overheads, everything that you need to pay, and then look at what you have left over. And that's what you can play with and save with. And then from there, Look at any other ideas or options of what you can do that can maybe bring in some extra money. Can you start a little weekend or evening side hustle? And then also look at ways that we can cut back. Can you cut back on your subscriptions? Can you cut back on unnecessary expenses? Can you focus and be more mindful when you're doing your grocery shopping and you're just shopping in general? So I went off on a bit of a tangent and I totally forgot a couple of points that I wanted to mention. Now, one point is related to school lunches. I just and I did want to mention this because I found this so helpful with me and one thing that I found was such a cost cutter was it's quite easy to go into supermarket and buy those big bags of individual packet things like chips and popcorns and pretzels and everything else. It is so much cheaper just to go in and and buy the big bag and portion it out. Like my daughter uses one of those bento box lunch boxes. So you don't need packets because it's got all the little separate compartments. So I just fill in each different compartment with something different. And what I found a huge money saver, you go to Audi and you buy those microwave packets of popcorn, they're like 89 cents. I can get nearly a whole week's worth of popcorn for that. whole week's worth of popcorn for 89 cents. So microwave it on the Monday morning, put whatever I need in her lunchbox for the day and then the rest goes in a large Tupperware container and it stays fresh for the whole week and then you can just portion it out. Sometimes she gets bored of it and you know sometimes a little bit goes in the bin but when you're only spending 89 cents is it a big deal? And even with cold meats, if your child has cold meat in their lunchbox, don't buy the packet stuff, go to the deli and buy it. It's so much cheaper. So just think about things like that. The only thing I wouldn't suggest, buying individually is when you do the cheese and crackers it just doesn't work it goes soggy so if you're going to do the kids cheese and crackers in the lunchbox I do do the little individual servings of them they are a lot more expensive but you can't do them individually they just they don't taste good they don't last so think about that instead of buying the individual packets go for the larger packet size and then just portion them out day even sometimes like with marshmallows or sometimes like I always put a little treat in there for my daughter and then I'll buy her a packet of whatever's on sale for the week and then just portion a few little marshmallows or something out also another thing I do is I put a little treat in like a little cupcake or a little cake I'll put one in there for the, for the Monday morning and then the rest I'll put in the freezer so whilst they're still fresh I put in the freezer so one they last a lot longer and then when I pull it out the morning the day she's needing it so by the time she has her recess it's nice and fresh it's not going to be cold or soggy so it's like it's just been bought so but in saying that I've only got the one child. So if you've got multiple kids, it would probably be very different. But doing things like that is a good way to cut costs when you do have a lot of kids to cater for. Don't look at getting all those little individual servings and all those individual packets. Buy the large packet and then portion it out per day. And one last tip, guys, sorry, I'm just gone off on a big tangent today. One last tip, if you've got any form of pension card or single parent card or sending card, there are so many benefits out there and I think I might have touched on this in a previous show but look into what's available for you I didn't know how much was available up until recently and I've pretty much paid in full for everything but you can get discount at the chemist I don't think you pay for I think it's your car rego. There's a lot of things that you can get cheap or free when you have a Centrelink card. So keep that in mind and, you know, look into what's available and what you can get. So again, that can help you save a bit of money and help you possibly get a bit ahead. So I hope you all got something from this show. It is some little tips that can help hopefully get your finances on track. I am going to look at putting some of those details in the show notes. So on and have a read of that below in the notes also guys if you're listening on spotify there is a little q a part below jump on and list any questions that you might have otherwise feel free to shoot me a message on the instagram page at life after plus one my dms are open i'd love to hear from you and i guarantee i will reply thank you everyone and like i said i really hope you got something from this love to hear your feedback and until next week i will be in your ears then and i love you all Thank you for joining us on the Life After Plus One podcast. If you loved what you heard today and looking for some further support, then jump onto our website, lifeafterplusone.com. Plus, don't forget to check out our Instagram page for further resources and inspo. You can find all the links in the show notes. And remember, you're not alone on this path. I'm looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. And in the meantime, keep thriving, keep growing, and keep exploring your amazing Life After Plus One.